Ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the clubhouse. This is episode 87, the Washington Redskins, the Los Angeles Lakers, the Minnesota Twins, and the Edmonton Oilers episode. I am your host, Tej Butler, as always, sitting next to me. My guy, my buddy, my friend, Big Dill. Dill, how are you doing today, man? It's been a good Thursday. I thought it was Wednesday not too long ago. And I realize this week has just flown by, but this pod's got a lot of different days in it too. We got some, we got an old, we got an old recording about the UFC. We got a little, little live draft action. So who knows, you know, what day it'll be when you're speaking on this pod? Who knows what day people are going to listen to it? Exactly, could so, be a Tuesday, could be a Saturday. Is it Thursday for you up there, Doge, as well? <laughs> it is for now. Right, absolutely. For now. <laughs> sure. How you doing, Doge? I'm doing well, man. Doing well. Trying to trying to rest out the uh, the second COVID vaccine. Just got my shot yesterday. So sure. I'm a, little, a little out of it, but we're we're pushing through. So can't complain. Hey, that's okay. That's okay. Hey, glad you're hanging in there. We appreciate it, man. <laughs> we appreciate it. Um, so we do have a guest for the show. One of our friends working at our uh, marketing team, Jared Beck. He's uh he's gonna be on. He actually went to UFC. 262 so we're going to talk to him about being there and uh you know what it was like for that event and we had a good time watching that so that's going to be our first quarter our second quarter we actually all got together um as a podcast went up and saw doge's little crib up there we've only seen it you know virtually before this so finally got to check it out in person and uh we did the nfl draft experience so we've got some live audio from that and uh, some other good stuff with that too so that's a great little segment there for our second quarter Third quarter, we're going to update you on some Cincinnati sports. And then the fourth quarter, we're going to talk a little bit about the NBA play-in scenarios. But first, as always, you know, we got to warm it up. We don't want to get hurt on the pod. we got to make sure we uh, stretch it out, you know, get our early reps in here before we have a good pod for you. So, without further ado, I'm going to pass it up to you, Doge. I'll let you bounce off here first, spring into gear. What do you got here for your warm-up? So, I'll remember... 2021 as the year of the Super League because not only did they try to do the soccer Super uh-huh. League but now there's a Saudi backed uh, investor group of people trying to do a golf Super League crazy names like Mickelson Adam Scott Hideki Matsuyama um, Roy McElroy DeShambo. Uh, Justin Rose, you know, all receiving offers anywhere from like thirty to fifty million Ooh. to to go join a part of this super league where they would do, I think it was like twelve to fifteen teams of four, and they'd play like in a bunch of different tournaments all throughout the season. But uh, PGA already coming out and saying they would ban players for joining the league, so it's a very similar situation to yep. the, the super league of soccer uh, that we were just talking about a few weeks ago, but. Uh, it's interesting, man. I mean, thirty to fifty million dollars for these individuals to go and join this league—that's enticing. That's, that's a lot that's of some, dough. That's some big boy money. So I don't know. It's it's something to certainly think about if you're looking to revolutionize and change the game of golf, you know, and how it's played. This could be the the golf of the future if the money's right. So who knows? It makes it interesting that they're making it a team sport and not an individual sport. There, where it's all teams of four, like 
Well, that was brought up. I don't know if that would be... Okay, valid. okay. I, I was going to say, if that's the case, that's crazy. Individually and get right. like a certain amount of points okay. for their team. Gotcha. Um, who knows? Yeah, what if they're just out there just best ball, just like for the for the best golfers in the world? Just like Oh, they'd shoot like 20 under if they were doing best ball. <laughs> <laughs> That'd, be, That'd awesome be fun to, to watch, though. You know what yeah. I mean? Like... Like, yeah. this is how much better they are on an equal Could be interesting. playing field. Like, us versus them, they're shooting a 22 first nine. Something <laughs> wild. Just ridiculous. And, like, yeah. we would shoot, like, a 45 to 50 on the first nine. Right. <laughs> something absurd. Um, yeah, death to the Super Leagues. They got no shot, seems like. Tough. Uh, who Whoop. knows, man? 30 to 50 million a player. Go- I say the golf yeah. one seems a bit more realistic. Money I guess talks. Rory already turned his down. Okay. But there are other players that are out there still considering. Yeah, if you're like, don't think you can compete really that much anymore, because like that's how you win a lot of your money in golf is when getting in those top, you know, tournaments and obviously sponsorship. If you don't think you can really hack it too hard, why not join the Super League for that instant payday, that guaranteed 30. And then you Absolutely. probably get some bonuses for winning there too, so you can still get to compete. But right, I don't know. That's interesting. Very interesting. Dill, it would certainly be enticing to be in their shoes. And yeah, I'd take thirty to forty mil. Dollars. Yeah, I mean, you sure. could you could do that. You could also still get all your endorsement money, which if you're part of this super league, like if those if they pull big names, like right, maybe they'll have bigger sponsors. Right. Too. So like yeah. there, there's a lot of money potential there because like what is a purse like typically like ten to fifteen million? I don't think it's that big. I think it's like um, maybe the big one. I, don't I think, think they're it's like quite ten to fifteen. I, I think, think it's like closer to like the two eight, million. Eight I remember seeing something like with a, twelve. So master. That's probably yeah, like the some of the majors. Are yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. but a I big mean, one. Yeah, like, like up sure. up to. That's probably yeah. That kind of amount. And oh, to, yeah. Here, Double here's digit. some of the names tied to this group. Yeah. Dustin Johnson, Phil Mickelson, Hideki Matsuyama, Adam Scott, Brooks Kepka, Bryson DeChambeau, Ricky Fowler, Jordan Spieth, Justin Thomas, Justin Rose. Do you know who I want to say? Oh, go ahead. approached with those offers. Do you know who I want to say is, I think would almost be a lock for this? DeChambeau? No. I think he <laughs> wants to win, like, real tournaments for whatever reason. And, like, outsmart him with his long drives and stuff. Phil Mickelson, dude. Yeah. Not a lot left in the tank. He's got his coffee thing going. Gets just a lot of dough. Then he can still do his side, like, little one-on-one things from Bleacher Report or whatever, like, where he goes and plays, like, Brady and Manning. Like, he could still do those, too, and make some, like, do those more frequently, even, and make money off of those, and then do the Super League, too. So I would think Phil's a, a guy who's like, guys, like, let's talk about this. Or it's like there's other guys who are legit golfers, like not legit golfers, but like guys who are really competing for majors right now that are like, "Hey man, I'm not doing that at all." Like Rory, who's already said no. So with the payout, yes. Okay, I'm fairly certain. So fairly certain. So there's a total purse amount of it was eleven and a half for the. Uh, for the Masters. Sure. That is then split yeah, based gotcha, off of gotcha, position. Gotcha, so gotcha. it wasn't for one player right. to win that. Gotcha. gotcha. Exactly. So this is even way more than what I thought. Right. Correct. That's what I'm it's like huge amount of dough. Yeah. It'd be enticing, man. 
That's what I'm saying. You'd have to go out and win a bunch of tournaments in a year to, to get even close to that number. Right. Yeah. And no one's doing that. Like, Tiger maybe back right. in his day, but, like, no one wins at that pace. Plus, like... DJ was might have been last year. He was all over... He was... Who? Dustin Johnson. He was real good last year. He won quite a bit. But even then, yeah, like... I don't think he was hitting 30 to 50 million. No, no, no. I don't yeah. think so either. I'm just saying, like, he's a guy who could, could have done it. So... Yeah, I mean, that's a lot of money. Plus, like, I'm assuming that you would play elsewhere in the world, right? Like... Yeah. Like you well, play I mean, all, they do now, too. Well, like, you'd play all over the world. They have, like, limited spots they play at. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, the, sure. Like, they play... It's mostly over here, but yeah, there's a lot in... Mostly here, and then they Europe, have St. Andrews, they got, right? They got some in Europe, they got some in well, Dubai. They'll, they'll rotate where the Open Championship is over in the United Kingdom, whether it's, like, right. somewhere in St. Andrews sometimes is in there, but they'll play in Dubai all yeah, the time. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, the, that's a big... Invitational because of the payouts. People big. in Australia, they go all over. Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, wild. So that's what I think they're trying to do is make it like that, like just all the big courses, all the big names. Like let's just do it all the time. Everybody just wants like let's get all the best stuff all the time. Let's do it right now. We can do it. Let's go. It's like no man. There's like that eliminates all some of the best stories of all time. Like back to the soccer league. Like you're never gonna have a Leicester City if there's a Super League. Very and true. They, that's like a guy bought that, like Sunday club, and built him up to a Premier League Championship winning team. Like that's crazy. You can't. You're not going to be able to just walk into the Super League like that. No way. Or for golf, that matter either. Like. Well, yeah, you'd have to do really well on a different tour to probably even get the offer from this league. What they should try to do is go after those young guys like Zala Torres and like. Uh, oh man, who's another young guy? I can't think of like. There's another good young guy. Um, like that Marikawa guy, isn't he pretty young? Colin, um, right? I think so. I mean, like Matsuyama's still in his 20s. Spieth's yeah, still no. in his 20s. Like, right. Those guys are all young still. I'm saying the guys are right out of college, though, is what I meant to say, sure. I guess. Like, you got no cash on you. But, <clears throat> Doge just stretched out. Warmed <laughs> up. Big deal? Yeah. What do you got for us? So, we'll get into a little bit more uh, Albert Pujols. Sure, yeah. A little bit later in the uh, in the session here today. But, for a good warm-up, my... You might as well just tell the whole thing. We gotta... Yeah, well, that's what I, I mean. Yeah. Like, this is gonna be my warm-up. Like, this yeah. is a good story. Like, something I'll probably always remember. I can remember. just bust out my stats now. I'll just have, um, I'll have a different... So, it was July 17th. Yeah. In 2009, the old D-backs went to visit St. Louis, and if you guys remember, that All-Star game was hosted in St. Louis that year, and this is the first game after the break, so we took a little roadie, went out to St. Louis with my mom and I, and Albert Pujols hit two dangers that game. Sure. And it was just one of those things where it's like, this is like in the prime of his career, uh, I saw that he had 47 home runs this year. Um, in particular, and just seeing him, like, I mean, he hit the same ball twice, the Big Mac sign out in left field, like, sure. between the upper and lower deck, and, like, just hit it twice in one game, like, good. And then, plus, we got to see Chris Carpenter pitch, which I don't even remember, but I looked up the game to get the good game. official stats. Oh. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, Carpenter won, Cards won. It was uh, 6-0 going into the ninth, and then the D-back sure. scored a run in the ninth. So. There you go. Sure. Yeah. It was a two-and-a-half-hour <clears throat> game, which, because to say, that right. was quick right. back then. But, oh, yeah, the reason Dylan is even bringing up Albert Pujols just randomly out of nowhere, unfortunately, is because the Angels throwing a little salt on him, kind of kicking him out the door, releasing Albert Pujols today. Legend. So it could be the end of the road for him. It's been 20 seasons that he's played in in the MLB, which is ridiculous. So you got to think about that. <clears throat> we were little, little kids when he was like first started his career. Um, absolute all-time legend. So here's a couple stats for you here. Um, and I hope he gets another chance to play so he can like finish out like their season at least. But if not, you know, that's tough. And I'm sure, you know, first ballot Hall of Famer without a doubt. Because... He's got 3,253 hits in his career, which is ridiculous. He has 667 dingers, fifth all-time, and I believe second non-PED, if I'm not mistaken. No, Babe Ruth, excuse me, third all-time non-PED. You got to count Barry Bonds, A-Rod in there. So, technically third, if you want to, like, without, you know, some other use there, some other little... No allegations, if you will. You know, you can't say you can't say for sure. But third, six hundred, six hundred sixty-seven clean dingers. Yeah, which is ridiculous. <clears throat> and here's a crazy stat for you: Albert Pujols has gotten a hit or faced, I believe, as the correct stat, ten percent of all pitchers in MLB history. Based on what? how long he's played and how many different pitchers that he's seen with you know the rotations and relievers and all the different stuff. So throughout MLB history, he's technically seen ten percent of all pitchers that have thrown, you know, a pitch here in That's the wild, bro. MLB. That's how long he's been playing. That's how good this guy's been, because you, you can't just be playing that long and be bad. Like he's been good enough to play that long. So Potentially pour one out for Albert Pujols, but we're holding out hope that he can find one more spot. Hopefully, he can get on the Cardinals. Like, you know, just like I know, I'd hate to see him back there, but like that'd be a cool little ride him out because they're pretty decent this year. So that'd be cool, cool little ride out for for Pujols there. Um, so yeah, that's gonna be my warm too. Piggyback off of that. Um, next thing we're gonna do here is go into our first quarter um, with about the UFC with Jared Beck. So check that out. Ladies and gentlemen, joining us tonight, friend of the show, partner of the show, actually, if you will. I don't know what uh, what title you want to give him. He's one of the homies, that's for sure. Joining us all the way from Florida, Jarrett Beck. Jarrett, how are you tonight, man? Doing fantastic, Tej. How you doing? I'm doing well, man. I forgot to mention, by the way, one of the heads of Platinum Digital Solutions, one of our uh, marketing buddies there, so that's why... Uh, We've got a little partnership there. But the reason we brought Jared on, not to talk about marketing because nobody wants to hear about that. We brought him on because he was actually at UFC 261, Kamara Usman versus Masvidal 2. An incredible card there with some other great fights. But uh, first question, Jared. This is probably one of the first you know, full crowds um, in the United States. What was it like being in you know, part of that crowd? Like, What was the energy like and... You know, just give us like explain the atmosphere for us if you don't mind. It was it was crazy. So by far the 
most intense, um, craziest, loudest place I've ever been to for a live event. I mean, even during prelims. So we got there in the middle of the second fight, and uh, which was a war, by the way. That got fight of the night. Yeah. And by the end of that fight, you know, the, the arena was probably, I want to say, three quarters full. Um, but the place just erupted. And normally you don't, you know, you don't get that for a prelim fight. Right. Typically, you know, you have, you know, maybe a third to, to a half of the arena full. Um, but by the end of that fight, that place was just crazy. So I already knew, you know, by the time the main card started that it was just going to be on a whole nother level. Definitely. I know like we were watching it all at, uh, my uncle's house, actually, all three of us were all together this uh, this past weekend, so it was exciting to kind of have the whole pod together for that. And we could <clears throat> definitely feel the energy for some of those fights, and you could tell the crowd, like, was chant. I know, like, some of the big, like, USA chants was pretty cool. I know uh, um, the, F, the F Jake Paul was pretty funny when they showed him on the camera. And so were there any, were there any other chants that you remember that were, like, funny or other, like, comments like that, like, while we are just still, like, addressing the crowd? <clears throat> Um. Oh man, I'd have to think back. De- definitely, the F. Jake Paul was was hilarious. <laughs> um, I you know I heard so during the middle of, uh, of one of the fights, like the whole crowd just started chanting, you know, F. Jake Paul, F. Jake Paul. And I'm thinking to myself, you know, why are they doing that? And then I look down, and he's walking in with his buddies right there, um, <laughs> and his crew. So then the funny thing after that was uh, in between when he first got there and I think it was the next fight, you know, they have a little bit of a, you know, media break or whatever, but DC, Daniel Cormier walked up to him. Yeah. Um, and this, this is right in front of me. This is right. Oh, crazy. Me. Okay. Yeah. And so DC walked right up to him and all I see was DC getting in his face, you know, pointing fingers at him. Uh, so I guess they got a little beef with each other. I think Jake Paul might've talked some trash, uh, call him, call him some names, you know, wants to box him, but yeah, it, it got a little, it got a little heated down there for a little bit. Um, of course, he no. wants to box him too. You know what I mean? He doesn't want to take him in the in the octagon because he knows know. he knows how that would go. <laughs> either way, you know. Either way, I think DC would whoop him. But, but I'm with that's you. Yeah. The point. <laughs> DC is not ben, ben Askren. That's for sure. <laughs> um. So this was like, I don't know, maybe one of the wildest cards I've watched in a long, long time with. Some of the craziest injuries, which we'll, you know, we can talk about here in a second, uh, and other just crazy knockouts. So, um, what was your biggest moment of this 261 card? It could be a prelim fight or the main card. Like, what was your your biggest moment that you you thought happened? Um, I, I would say probably the most obvious one, which is the Chris Weidman leg break. Yeah. Um, by far the most disgusting thing I've ever seen live. Like, so I'm... So do they have that on the Jumbotron? Or, like, is there oh, a Jumbotron? Yeah. So, oh, like, you're so, just, like, seen as, like, yeah. flopping everywhere. Like, so, so from my seats, right, I could see over the top of the, the ring just a little bit. Okay. But I had the, they had the Jumbotron right, obviously right above. So my biggest thing was I was trying not to look at the Jumbotron the whole time. It's so easy to look up there. Right. Um and not pay attention to the ring because mm-hmm. it's just easier it's natural it's easier to see but um no during the the chris weidman fight it uriah hall didn't even throw a right shot. he didn't throw a kick didn't throw a punch nothing and chris just loads up on this leg and threw that with bad intentions man it was it was bad and 
I hear a crack. Like normally, like you hear the smack of a foot against somebody's thigh or, or a calf or something. Right. This wasn't a smack. This was a crack. And next thing you know, like he's not standing. And I'm like, what just happened? And while he's down, you know, holding his leg, they're showing replays up on the Jumbotron right. the or whatever. And Man. I felt so bad for Chris because he's sitting there in pain, you know, trying not to think about it. And the crowd's just like going nuts. Yeah. His, sure. leg, his leg just wrapped around uh, <clears throat> the, who, who was it they fought? I just drew a blank Uriah Hall Uriah Hall yeah just wrapped around his knee which yeah. is crazy so, because I, I uh, Wideman was the guy who leg checked Anderson Silva uh, back when his leg like flopped like that which yeah. is like the craziest injury for a long time and here it is happening to him so. I guess it's yeah. passed down so Uriah yeah. Hall watch out like yeah, that's right. Right. Yeah. I mean that was. Well, yeah, I mean you can't say you can't say that's karma. I mean there's nothing bad. No, about no, it. not karma. No. It, it could be a just, curse though. You know? Yeah. You fight long enough, something's gonna happen, and it's unfortunate that something like that happened. Right. So, they show uh, Chris posted pictures of his X-rays. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, and his whole shin was literally snapped in half. And yeah. It, it Did was, not it look was, good at all, man. Literally just hanging on by skin. Yeah. A little bit of calf oh, muscle. Tough. Tough. Yeah, like, yeah. It was. I mean, that, that was well, the first time a UFC fighter has ever won without throwing a strike. So, and what, yeah. What was crazy before yeah. that though was uh, the Lionheart Smith and Jimmy Crew fight. Right. Uh, Lionheart threw a kick and just shut Crew's leg down. I guess like, his nerves. He has like nerve yeah. endings like broke or something, and he couldn't feel his yeah. foot drop. You know, yeah. Oh, yeah. About it. yeah. The crew's a stud because he just, you know, he wanted to keep fighting, but he got back up and he went to go fight and rolled his ankle. Yeah, and that no, was pretty, that and was it looked bad. Yeah, himself. like twice. It so, looked bad. Uh, like, um, I would have to say that you know, for for a fight night, I saw everything. Like, yeah, you really got it all. Stuff, stuff like that, you know, just in one fight night. But for for one fight night, that was uh, that was some crazy stuff. Doge, would you say that the broken leg is your most memorable moment, or is there a, a knockout or other moment that strikes a bell for you, I guess? The broken leg was definitely the most gruesome for me. But yeah, man. I mean, there were so many good ones with... Uh, I know it didn't work out well for us, T, the way we were pulling, but... The, I know, my girl, uh, Jean Whaley. Jean Oh, that was a tough one, bro. That was incredible. Got her good with that kick. And what a knockout, dude! I mean the the fucking uh, the main main card fight. Usman, yeah, Masvidal. <laughs> Usman Masvidal was rough. I, dude, little Shannon Sharp out there. From, <laughs> yeah, right. From Doge. watching too much Fox, Doge. Um, I, know. I, know. I, I think that for me, like it was just something Fresh where. It, it came out right away with just killer, like a first killer fight, and then it was even better and better, and it just like grew as the night went on. And just for a second with the crowd thing, like something that I noticed for the first time, and I know Tej mentioned it, that it didn't sound like it was piped. Obviously, Dude, it wasn't. I loved it, but oh the way that God. it, the way that it gradually like erupted, was fantastic. Where it was like, oh, and then like the whole thing just went crazy instead of like it's on or it's off. Like all the pump sounds, so I think that was that was fun. But just like the most memorable part was just the first fight. It was like this should be a, like 
I know that they're more loose with some of the first fights because they kind of want to show. Are you talking off. prelim here? Or are you talking? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Like I mean, like the first things that they show. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, which is like they have, like the pre prelims and they have yeah. the prelims and then they have like, the first. The pre prelims are were awesome too. Yeah. Well, that first that first fight came out within ten seconds and dropped her. Yeah. I was like, and I wasn't even there for that fight yet. I was just hey, you're, you're, to you're it. still getting you know, your seat. I'm, you're shuffling in. I was I was like. Uh, this is gonna be a crazy night. It's gonna be crazy. But that place, uh, after Rose dropped Zhang with that head kick, the whole Dude. place just went crazy. That that was probably louder than, if I'm being honest, that head kick. Uh, when she dropped her with that head kick, the place was louder than when Usman, you know, KO'd Masvidal. Because I, I feel like that was like <clears throat> the Masvidal Usman. I felt like that was just coming. You know what I mean? Like. You knew Usman was probably going to drop Masvidal, or Masvidal's going to drop Usman. Somebody's getting dropped for real, but I didn't really think John Wei Lee, I mean, obviously Doge and I were talking about it, we bet on John Wei Lee, but I didn't think she was going to get knocked out. I thought she could have lost, but definitely not knocked out on the first, you know, kick like that. So, I don't know. It was definitely interesting. That was probably my uh, biggest moment, just for, like, it was so unexpected to me. Obviously, the injury is unforgettable. I'll never forget my cousin Connor's face, like, just his jaw completely dropped, like eyeballs up, like oh my god, oh my god, it's so funny. So, because I mean that was a crazy, crazy moment. Um, Dill, what was your favorite fight? Mm-hmm. Or I guess uh, biggest moment. Excuse me, and then that'll be our next question that you get to answer. Yeah, too. I mean, I was just kind of be a double up. Yeah, I was just kind of going back to like the first fight, like noticing like right away, kind of what I was saying earlier is that like. They seem more loose in the early fights because they want to show off. They want to kind of get their name and brand out there versus, like, the belt fights when you're fighting for a championship. It's a little bit more tactical and slow. And, like, you know, you aren't going to want to be super aggressive if you have the belt and then get knocked out from, like, a cheap shot. Not a cheap shot, but you know what I'm saying. Right. You're much more, like, defensive. Like, whereas opposed to, like... The prelims, you're like, I need to go make a name for myself, so I gotta get a big KO. Who was the main card when we went out to Indy and watched that with the guys? Um, oh my god, dude! It was what two fifty nine, right? It was um, Nganu Overeem, Nganu Overeem, or Nganu Miocic? Miocic, that's what it was. Stipe. It was was, Stipe. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like that. Yeah. Um, that fight and like that card, I well, I didn't feel like it was as intense. Was this? Yeah, this yeah. card was so intense. Like I this was like. a great card. Like I think that fact that you had fans there, you got to be a part oh, of it, Jarrett. Like so, dude, that's got to be. So I'm I so think, jealous, like for sure. I was saying earlier that I think that's the best fight card from top to bottom I've seen. And like, granted, oh. I don't watch them all, but every yeah. every fight had something in it. You know what I mean? Well, I think it. What... I don't know if there were any decisions. Or that there was uh, there was one split decision, and it was uh, Dwight Grant versus that uh, Stefan. Yeah, yeah, I that was crazy. I thought was, Dwight Grant lost that fight, but they gave it to him. It felt. I and then thought. the other the other two were unanimous decisions, so they were just dominant performances. Yeah, but which for, they were for that card. I mean, there were there were a, a lot of submissions, a lot of KOs, TKOs. Actually, the whole main card. Ended in either KO or TKO. So, Dana White, Dana White definitely knows how to put on a good show, and I know he said he wanted to go back to Jacksonville because that was the first place that opened up for him. 
like when he was like trying to find a place to fight for COVID. So he's like, when I get back to be able to pack this place full, it's going to be worth it. And oh my gosh, was it worth it? So um, let's go around real quick. Jared, what was your favorite fight of the night? So maybe not moment, but like just top to bottom favorite fight. Ooh, favorite fight of the night. It's tough. Oh, There's man. a lot of good ones. It, it is. It is a tough one. Um, I'm probably gonna have to go with with uh, Brendan Allen and Carl Robin Carl Robinson. Yeah. I thought that was a really good fight. Um, Very good. One. Both guys are tough, durable. Um, Brendan Allen's a stud. I've, I've always kind of been a fan of him, um, even sure. though he you know he lost his last fight. But that that fight overall was a good one. And I think the reason I picked that is just because. It wasn't quick. You know right. what I mean? It was... <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Actually so. had a little legs to the fight, right? Mm. Yeah. Um, Doge, what about you? Yeah. No pun intended. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's a tough one, man. But uh, I think just the excitement of the, the the title fight with Usman and Masvidal was hype. Because it kind of built up to it the whole night. And for Usman to really land the punch that he did. And then all the memes that came after of Masvidal looking like Drake from the the Sprite commercial. That was just, unbelievable uh, meme. Super goofy, but um, kind of the build up to the end of that night since the, every fight was so good. But to to end it on on such a a final punch like that was was pretty exciting. I thought. So last time that we had these two guys fight. The night kind of went in a not in the same exact way, but it went a similar way. Where like all the fights before were like pretty sick. It was like a lot of fun. It was a good card, and then Kamara Usman shoved Masvidal on the fence for five rounds and stomped on his toes the whole time, and it was really boring. And he got a bunch of points. So for him to come out and just knock him out cold in one of like the coolest knockouts I've seen in UFC in a long time because of all the sweat and the lights, and the crowd, and everything, and even Masvidal's like, dude, I love that photo, like, you know, even though I'm getting knocked out, like, you gotta respect that, like, that's fighting, it's really cool, and like, what a great moment for UFC, so like, even he's like, yeah, like, I got smoked, and he said something about how he, he faked, like, some punch, and then went right into that, and so he thought he was gonna counter it, but of course not, and then he got smoked and knocked out, and it was such a great moment, so I think, I totally agree, like, the build-up finally, like, paid off this time. So I, I think that was my favorite fight of the night. Dill, what about you? Are you looking for your prelim? I'm just trying to figure out, because like, I don't remember some <laughs> of the names of the other people, but like like Jessica Andrade. Yeah, I was trying to think of which <clears throat> fight it one was. Of my favorite, one of my favorite names. Um, I don't know, man. I mean, the, the main fight with Usman, I mean, like that was... Um, it was what... It lived up to the hype. You know what I mean? Like yeah. It was like... That's what people want to see. Like, even though that, like, if you go back and forth and last an entire five rounds, it's incredible. And that, those, those guys like, that do okay, that, they're like, usually slugging each other at the end. And it's like, man, I can't believe these guys are still fighting. But there's a time where it gets really slow. And you're like, yeah, okay, like, let's get some action. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, 100%. But, and like TJ said, like, the last one was, like, miserable to watch. Like, I literally fell asleep. It was, too, it was so late in, like, in the, the morning, too. Like, I, oh my gosh, I was pissed. That, that's one of the, the crazy things about this card, though, because, you know, typically when you watch it from home, you're preparing to stay up until, you know, 1, 1.30 in the morning for the main right. event. This main event started at 11.45. Yeah. 
Right. I was like, it, it's so early. And everybody got um, knocked out so quick, they had to speed yeah. it all up. Like, yeah. they couldn't, like, extend it that much. They couldn't have the 40-minute intermission. Right. Like, no. play a the bunch crazy, of commercials. The crazy thing about that Usman punch, though, is it was so hard and so fast. It, it, it ended so quick. The only thing you saw was was water from the ice bag and sweat flying off of Masvidal's head, and he's out. I mean, he got absolutely just, rocked, man. He got hit so hard. That, I think they were saying that's the first time he's ever been knocked out. Right, yeah. yeah. First time he's ever been knocked out, which, of course, you know, Usman's mm-hmm. going to do that. You know, I, I saw that he was just updated as the number one pound-for-pound pound fighter for males in UFC rankings right now, John Jones being number two. So maybe that could fight could get together. Or maybe uh, I know Jones is looking at Ngannou potentially, which would be another incredible well, fight. So they were just talking, uh, I believe on, I don't know, I think it was Ariel's uh, little YouTube thing he's got going that Derek Lewis and uh, Ngannou is going to be the fight to make. Yeah. So that should be interesting. But I'll tell you what, man, Usman is a dog. Anybody who thinks he's a boring fighter is crazy. Who can even face him? I, I think the, the only the only match to look forward to now is the Covington rematch. Yeah. That that was a war. Uh I don't know. Covington. If it, yeah. I don't know if it will be again, but Yeah, I don't know. But while crazy. we're here, real quick, the men's pound for pound rankings. Usman number one, John Jones number two, Izzy Adesanya three, and Ganu four. Alexander Volkanovsky five. Jan Blahovitz six, tied with uh, Figueroa, Dustin Poirier, six tied. Yeah, the Polish power. Okay. Max Holloway, nine. Robert Whitaker tied or with Peter Jan at ten. So, just your top ten there, real quick, just for reference. So, Usman number one now moving up over John Jones, which is a heck of a statement because John Jones is real talented. Um, <clears throat> Dylan, you got a question here? Yeah, I mean, like something I was just curious about. I haven't ever been to a UFC fight. I don't think either of these guys like this. Is I the need first to get time. to one so bad. That we would love to go to one out in Vegas too. Like it'd just be like an all timer. Like just be like in the MGM Grand. You, know, like, well. you got Poirier McGregor three coming up. There's a chance. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. That's that T Mobile Arena in Vegas. <laughs> was that your first fight? Don't tell me, dude. God. It was. Okay. Yes. That so was my very first fight with, person with a new experience that you just had. Does it seem faster in person than it does on TV? Like, how is the speed <clears throat> comparison? Um, I would say speed comparison uh, is probably about the same. Okay. But being there in person, like, you don't see everything that you see on TV. And the only reason I say that is because you have the cage in the way. Okay. Right. So there's some things that you're going to miss. Um, however... When it comes to, like, the smacks and stuff, the kicks that you hear on TV, they are very, very loud in person. Hmm. They, they are, they're crazy. So, um, yeah, the only difference I would say between, you know, TV and, and in person is just you can definitely see more on TV uh, because it's, they're just focused on the fighters. There's nothing else around them. Okay. Uh-oh. Sure. Um, so, last question here, and this will be for everybody. Um if there was like a card, if there's a card coming up, or if there's a card you'd like to like make, so two fighters that you want to see fight, like for the big, like a big title potentially, or like one you want to go see, who are the two fighters that you want to go see like the most live right now? Jarrett, we'll start with you. 
Oh, so like it could dumb. be a car that's already made, or it could be one that you'd like you're making up yourself right now. Oh man! Oh boy, that is a tough one. Um, there's so many good fighters out there. I don't know. Um, I've got mine right. I'm ready for it. If you're ready for it, right, you, you throw it out there. You so it, you I Dana White has to make it happen. Just put all the cash on the table. I would pay. Honestly, and like. Mom and Dad, don't listen here. I'd probably pay two hundred to like three hundred bucks for Francis and Ganu versus John Jones. Like that fight to me would be all time. Like the biggest, baddest man on the planet versus the most talented fighter in UFC history, and like a guy who just if he puts his mind to it can I think kick anybody's ass. And then Francis and Ganu I think can knock anybody out. So I would be really interested to see how that fight would go. And then if not. Maybe you get Izzy John Jones there, but I really think Nganu John Jones is worth a lot of cash, and I would love to watch that fight. And does that spark anything for you there, Jarrett? Uh, I think it's a good one. I really do. Um, there's a lot. I've got a backup a after all you guys. Fight. I've got a really good one after all you guys go, but I'm waiting for it. Got a backup. Go, around, go around the circle the other way. I'm still thinking. Okay, you'll go okay. last. Okay, big deal. Okay, so I'm not like if you took all the sports. I know, all right. Put this, together. This is a tough one. UFC right. is one of the ones that I probably know the least about as far as like names. Mm-hmm. And first of all, like they did a great job with coming out last year and having fights because I never really watched fights before, and now I'm like, oh, okay, like they're fighting. Sure, like right. I'm down to watch it. Or hey, this is supposed to be a good you know card. I'll watch this. Right. So they did a good job, and I'm sure I'm not the only one. Oh, I'm definitely like went from being a kind of a fan to being like I'll watch it. Like this is when cool. it's on. If if there's nothing else on worth like watching, like I I really enjoy UFC, especially for a big card. Like I'll definitely try to watch that for it was, sure. It was a lot of fun for the fight that we went to and visited Indy. Yep. Because um, it it brings together you know people in a unconventional way. Like you might watch like a normal sports game and stuff like that, but it's just a different sport. Um, it's kind of like how like boxing I think used to be, where everybody kind of gets around the TV and you like, you're not have like to you got to watch it because you, you at any second somebody could just get completely knocked out. Who were we watching when we were here, and you ran outside for like two seconds, and I was like, no, no, no. Oh man, it was the um, last one, right? I forget. Either way, you was. can think about it, but yeah. I don't know names like that. Is my point. Right. So I think that I think that was Alistair Overeem versus Derek Lewis. Those and Overeem guys, and Overeem got smoked. Yeah, yeah. Um, Which is why Derek Lewis is not going to probably take on Ngannou. I think Ngannou is really fun to watch. Yes, those heavyweights, dude, like they are so massive compared to everyone else. A humongous man, like huge. that dude's an animal. Like he, uh, Ngannou was actually in Kamaru Usman's corner for that fight. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, the dude is. Huge. He's just a freak. Yeah. He is a freak. Yeah. He is so big. Yep. He's a... It's oh, a, my God. I would not want to ever get hit by him. Like, him and Mike Tyson are two people I just, like, please don't even... I've never seen... I've never heard the um, stat, but he hits just as hard as a full-speed Ford Escort. <laughs> that's, that's so ridiculous. <laughs> huh. That's so ridiculous. It's insane. No wonder Miocic got dropped. <laughs> yeah. 
I mean, he looked way outsized there. So you're just an Nganu guy, but, or a heavyweight guy, I guess? Yeah, like, I like watching them, but I also haven't ever seen uh, John Bones Jones fight. Oh so, God, like, that man. would be really impressive to, like, might see them one of those fight, up. you know? That would be awesome. I totally um, agree. Doge, do you have a name? Yeah. I know you're not super, in, uh, you know, name... Well-versed you know, with versed, the UFC. Like I would like to see one of the guys try to go for a, a double belt somewhere, whether it be Usman trying to go yeah. up in AZ's category or just have, like, a, a random Khabib return out of retirement because those are the two guys surrounding Usman in the weight classes right now. So I think that would be kind of fun. They got to bust but, out the BMF title again. And, get, and somebody's got to go after that. There's like a special belt just called the baddest, excuse my French, Mrs. Wagner, the baddest motherfucker <laughs> title. And it's just called the BMF title. And I think Masvidal, no, he lost it to Nate Diaz. No. No, he has it. He has Masvidal it right has it. Okay, so somebody's got to just fight Masvidal. It could be any weight class as far as I know. And it's just the BMF title. It's just like the baddest MFer. So if they could bust Ooh, that out, cool. maybe. I like, like that. Get some other guys doing that, like start passing that around a bit more, that'd be really cool. That's kind of what I think you're talking about, Doge. Along with a double belt. I love a double belt. Like, Izzy tried to go for that. Well, obviously didn't work. Andrea... Izzy Adesanya? No, uh... Wait, who am I thinking about? The girl or guy? Yeah, yeah, girl. Amanda Nunez? Nunez? What is her first name? Amanda. Amanda Nunez? I had somebody... I had a prospect from work that was Andrea Nunez, so... Anyway, that's why sure. I thought it was Andrea for a second, but I was like, that doesn't sound right. Yeah, like, similar to what she's done, where she just, like, has dominated that side of the sport. The double belt action? Yeah. That's sick. I think I found, found uh, came up with a fight I'd like to see. Here we go. I want to see Nunez beat Jake Paul in a boxing match. Oh, my <laughs> God. Do you know how much I'd pay for that, dude? Oh. <laughs> wow. Dude, I'll, that's I'll a... I would love to see that. That would be incredible. Just put him in a UFC fight. Give him the ring. He'll never do it. I know, but that would be incredible to watch. <laughs> I was, uh, that card, no, Jake, no, yeah, Paul versus insert name on a UFC card would be <laughs> so... Like, talk about put him in the BMF title versus Masvidal. That would be a lot of fun to watch. Um, that'd be, that would be crazy. The fight that'll never happen that I would like to see that they talked about for like a week would be GSP versus Khabib. Bring them both back out of retirement. Both complete legends. Like they can do it all. Super strong, kind of tiny guys. And I just, that would be very interesting to see. So two first ballot Hall of Famers in the UFC. And I would love to see that fight. So, um, You're right. We probably won't ever see that. No, they won't. Because Khabib <laughs> said he's done for sure. Because I think on the women's side of things, yeah. a fight that'd be really interesting. That's already happened, but because both fighters are so good now, it, um, it would also be, be crazy. It could even you know be a headliner. It'd be crazy. It would be Amanda Nunez versus Valentina Shevchenko. Yeah. Um, both oh, of them are yeah. so dominant. She had a great so, fight this past weekend. Oh yeah, she. Would that she be Nunez going for three belts then? What was that? Would that be Nunez going for three belts then? Or, like, how would that work? It w- I don't know because the fight this weekend was at 125, and I think Nunez fights at 135 and 145. So they probably um, have to meet at the 135 then. Yeah, it would be the 135-pound belt. 
That would be an awesome fight. A double belt off. So who would be the lighter? The Russian girl who fought this past okay. weekend. Shevchenko, yeah. Shevchenko, okay. Who was just I mean, leading for, all categories for her weight class strong. historically. Oh my god, yeah. She just ragged on uh, Andrade over the yeah, weekend. Yeah, she smoked Andrade. And she looks bigger than 125, but I know they're tinier, like, height-wise. So. Yeah, right. True. Um, I don't know. Very exciting. I'm looking forward to the, the next card. What Do you know what the next one is, Jared, off the top of your head? Uh, the fight this weekend is uh, Just a fight Dominic night. Reyes versus Yuri Prohaska, I think. And, I was like, uh, Yuri Hall is just fighting again. Like, that's hilarious. <laughs> no, this is just guy. Punch he, gets the next card. That's great. So yeah, this a, is only his, this. Yeah, this Yuri guy is is uh, this is his second fight in the UFC, and he has a a main event. So it's pretty good. And then the next big pay per view is uh, Oliveira versus Chandler. Yeah, Michael Chandler. Michael uh, Chandler should be a really good one. Slugs. Nate Diaz. Is that Chandler man. guy, I cannot wait to watch again. That's that like guy who who did he beat? Uh, Dan Hooker. Dan Hooker, that's who it is. And he's absolutely smoked Dan Hooker. That yeah. guy's a lot of he's, fun. He's a Bellator champion. And he's, yeah, he switched over. Which is exciting. There were a couple so, American versus Brazilian matchups that, that weekend, too. Always interesting. So Is this in a live location? Where are we at here? Uh, what does it say? Does for it say? UFC 262? Yeah. yeah. The sold-out crowd of 20,000 in Houston. Heck yeah. Houston. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They were talking about that at 261. You're right. Yeah. Houston, so. And then there was uh, one last thing is they were talking about, so, you know, Masvidal fought Nate Diaz for the BMF belt. Yeah. They're talking about uh, Masvidal fighting Nick Diaz. Dang. Okay. Because Nick was at the fight. Um, right. So that would be pretty, that'd be pretty good. That would be very exciting. Um, all right, Jarrett. Well, is there anything that you would like to plug here um, before we sign off, uh, or anything that you want to promote or give any shout outs while you got to, while you got the mic? No, sir. I just appreciate you guys having me on. It was uh, quite the experience, and for sure, if you ever get a chance to go, um, take Absolutely. advantage of it because it's it's crazy in person. Hopefully, we can all go to one uh, together sometime soon. And uh, yeah, real quick, awesome. real quick, what do you want the Lions to do in the draft before you sign oh, off? Man. Cause you're gonna lead, you're gonna lead us right into our draft stuff, so give us a good oh, segue man. here, man. Uh, I don't, you know, I, I was hoping they would pull for a quarterback, um, but with what they've done, they golf, Daddy, the golf course. Yeah, dude. <laughs> Wait, I don't know, man. I just don't know if I like golf in a Lions uniform. <laughs> but he does look strange. I'm sure it does. <clears throat> I, I'm, I'm kind of hoping for a receivers now. With what we've done, you know, we got rid of Marvin Jones. And yep. Kenny Galladay, so I think they need to, you know, focus on some receivers, um, and build that old line back up for their running game. So yeah, for sure, for sure. All right, well, man, we appreciate you being on, and uh, good looks, and hopefully we can uh, catch up sometime soon. Appreciate it. Thank you. Yep. Peace, buddy. See, See ya. Up. See ya. Peace out, dude. So that wraps up our quarter there with Jared Beck on the UFC. And now we're going to go right into our quarter live from First Energy Stadium about the NFL draft experience and all about the different events we did there. So we had a blast, so check it out. Ladies and gentlemen, we are here live from the clubhouse, 
from First Energy Stadium. First Energy Field, I guess. Stadium, excuse me. And uh, we're here live with the full Clubhouse podcast. Everybody here, and Gordon as well. Gordon Taylor, friend of the show. Big deal. Yeah. Made one 20 yards through the uprights on First Energy Stadium. In First Energy Stadium, yeah. excuse me. What's it feel like? Well, I mean, it was definitely a solid kick. Uh, you know, I, I laced up the cleats. Kind of a brought tool, his own cleats. Yeah, kind of, kind of a tool move, but you know, it was, went in though. So. Yeah, certified cleats there. That, that's what happened. So absolutely good kick. Doge, what about your kicking experience? Uh, pretty much exactly what I expected. Uh, <laughs> pretty bad. Didn't really get off the ground at all. I had to follow Dill, which made it even worse. That's Everyone tough. was expecting a lot of hype with the matching QZs, but I couldn't oh. really deliver. So. <laughs> I went wide, uh, wide left. Gordy went wide right, so we just figured we got to switch positions next time. But uh, right now we're pre uh, hail mary toss, so let's see what everybody can do here yeah. in the hail mary throw. Hoping everybody bags bags at least one ball out of our two options. So it's been fun. Shouts out to the Browns. It's been a fun event. We're looking forward to more. So we're here live after the hail mary toss, and and I will say my toss, my first toss, any receiver in the league catches. I want to point that out. But if you check the video evidence, we had a rim out. Did not count the points. It's fun to be fit. It's fun to be active. It's fun to be fit. It's fun to be active. I'm here next to Gordy. Gordy, you're in a similar boat where you got real close in the first throw, but that second throw not as close. What, can we get a comment on that? Yeah, so my, my first throw, I was like, got to get a lot of power on it. And it turned out to be an opposite of a spiral. So first, yeah, first throw was Yeah, kind of a quacker, bad. right? Yeah, it was just like a side spinner. Then you and hit the spiral on the second one. Yeah, second, second throw, I got a little more rotation and a little more flick to my, to my, to my throw there. Look at the and, flick um, at the wrist. <laughs> and, it, um, oh. and I was close. I was real close, but, but no, to no avail. I'm not a football player. I'm a, I'm a football player. So, you know. Sure, you're no kicker. You're no kicker. Doge, what about your Hail Mary experience? Very similar to Gordon. First throw, just really tried to get all my power into it. Kind of lame duck up in the air. Second throw, better spiral, more power behind it. Seemed like the right depth. Just missed it just to the left on the deep Hail Mary throw. But I believe 30-yard toss, if I'm not mistaken, right? I believe 25. a 30-yard, 30 30-yarder. 30 I think it was 10 each. So. Kind, so. kind of like TJ said, you know, I feel like any receiver in the league is catching that. So I thought I gave him a good chance. Just throw it up and let the boy make a play. So I had a nice little Russell Wilson kind of drop in there, you know, where it kind of really just falls down. I'm really hoping I Seahawks are starting to look at me, but... Let's get to the star of the show, ladies and gents. He went two for two. Should have went three for three. They gave him a slick ball. We don't want to talk about it. Nailed the field goal. Dill, it's been a good day out here in Brown Stadium. As a Browns fan, what's it like completing the Hail Mary, nailing the field goal, and just being out here for the draft experience? Yeah, I mean, it's all for the fans, you know. Really just doing it for the people here in the stadium. Three, myself, you know, a little, two, little confidence thing you know not really thinking i can make it in the draft someday and here we are just having a hell of a combine uh, i don't really see any scouts looking but uh, they're looking yeah we'll see it was fun though it was a good time it's great weather yeah dude yeah really good day good day to be rocking the new clubhouse qz is going to be on sale sometime soon but uh no we're enjoying the draft a lot of Bengals picks today a lot of browns picks and we want to just thank the Cheap Seats Network for allowing us to come to this such such a lovely, lovely event. We appreciate the Cheap Seats Network. Shouts out to the boys. This is The Clubhouse, signing off from First Energy Stadium NFL Draft Experience. Peace. So, hey, what bar are we at? Mary Arts. Like we're at, Merry Christmas Arts. We're at Mary Arts here. A little right here before the Kentucky Derby. 
We just got a little good bar atmosphere. Uh, Dill, who'd you bet on here today? Rabonic, maybe? Well, no, no bets. No bets. Uh, oh, come on. Rock your world. Uh, I got rock your world. I got a sprinkle of rock your world. I got a little uh, Medina spirit, and I got a little... Uh, what's the other... Dush, who, who are you betting on in this in this race? So we've got highly motivated out there for sure. Yep, I got some cheese on them. Um, I got essential quality, definitely one. Yep, is out there absolutely. And then my other one is Medina Spirit of Bob Baffert. Yep, yep, yep. Bob Baffert, always a good guy to bet on. So it's gonna be an exciting race. We'll see what we got. Enjoy. Gordy, returning from the bathroom here at. Uh, Mary Arts, excuse me, Doge got to remind me again, of course. Have another one, Tej. Um, Gordy, who are you betting on for this horse race? Uh, so my main bet was for Hot Rod Charlie. Because sure. You just got to go with Hot Rod Charlie. Like, owned by four college kids, like, that's got to be the move. I mean, then, it definitely would be an amazing story. For sure. And then I've also got... Um, Rock Your World for $20. Yeah, I got some money on him. He's about to rock my world, so. Sure. And then, and then I threw an extra 10 on Essential Quality because. Okay. Hey, I would definitely, on, if you got so. some time in there, I'd go highly motivated. Yeah. I'd get highly motivated in there. Marty 50 down. I don't know if I get the bar. Sure, sure. All right, hey, either way, we're looking forward to a good Kentucky Derby. We'll tune in after. Peace. All right, so that's going to bring us into halftime here, and I'm going to pass it right off to my man, Doge. Doge, where can we find the Clubhouse-specific social media stuff? You can find us on Facebook. It is The Clubhouse. Twitter and Instagram have identical handles of Clubhouse underscore TCSN for the Cheap Seats Network. So give us a follow on all those platforms and, uh, and give us a shout. Sure, sure. Um, uh, big deal. Where can we find the Cheap Seats Network social media stuff? Okay. <clears throat> Got some good stuff coming. So it's a relevant SN this time. It's relevant. Okay. Uh, but on Facebook, just type in the Cheap Seats Network. That's four words, not five. Network is okay. one word. So the Cheap Seats Network on Facebook. Then on Twitter, it's at the underscore cheap underscore seats. Okay. Longtime listeners know that it's yep, a yep. new handle. Yep. Used to have a little SN involved there. Any guesses on the tip of your tongue for our other hosts. I've got one, but I'm giving it to you, Dosh, first, because I think I've got a good one. But I'm sure it'll be wrong like it always is when I say I've got a good one. Super Nets, because we're watching the Nets play basketball right now. Also relevant. Mine has Nets in it, but it's different. It's a smooth netter, just like Dill's kick there, coming off of our second quarter. Nice smooth netter on First Energy, or in First Energy Stadium. He's jealous he didn't put that. No, that's what that's what that is right there. No, I mean like you guys definitely have some good ones, but I was going with that's the I was going with the last minute changeup of 
Well, when you when we, you brought up the Albert Pujols, sure. Just some slugger news. Oh yeah. You know, that actually is a good one, Doge. Don't. I'm with it. I'm with it. <laughs> yeah. So SN definitely stands for the cheap slugger news. Sure, sure, sure. The cheap slugger news. <clears throat> All right. Well, before we move on to third quarter. Got to give a shout out at our guys at Platinum Digital Solutions. They're doing our posts for us. They're doing some other social media stuff, working on some other stuff behind the scenes. Shouts out to our guys. Jared Beck was on the episode. Shouts out to him. We appreciate it. Pretty sure we got some Gordy audio in there too. So shouts out to Gordy at the oh, stadium yeah. as well. So we had a good time with him at First Energy Stadium, Browns Field there. Moving on here though. No more talk about Cleveland. Let's talk about Cincinnati in our third quarter. Cincinnati Sports Buzz. A lot going on in Cincinnati in terms of the sports world. We got teams losing. We got teams getting suspended. We got teams getting new jerseys, drafting some young boys. Who do you think has the best buzz in Cincinnati right now? Dill, I'm going to give it to you first as a non-Cincinnati fan. That way you can get the bias. We'll get the bias out of it. <clears> or save the bias for last. I guess. So this is, this is going to help because I've lived here my entire life, minus a couple years in college. Yeah, it's not like you don't so, know about it, but yeah, like, it's just not like this. Not so I've seen things before. I understand how the hype works. Right. Before the season, hype. I mean, like, good signings. Free right. agents are coming in. You know, we did well last year. We showed some ways, that, you know, that we could improve, and I think that we made, you know, the right decisions to bring those guys in. And then the season comes. So that eliminates... Well, the Reds and the uh, the FC Cincy team. So I would say it'd have to be the Bengals, as far okay. as there's a lot of hype, a lot of buzz. Joe was really good last year for coming in year one. It's second year that he's going to be here. He's actually going to have a training camp and things like that, even though he can't participate yet fully um, with that gruesome injury. Like he, I think he'll be ready to go mentally. He'll be prepared. I feel like and. After getting what you guys did in the draft, Jamar Chase just being like the right. top dog, like there's hype around that. Right. Pairing those two together, um, I, I don't see how you can make the case for anything other than the Bengals because it. The other two have already had shortcomings. Okay. There's one thing that I, I will have a stipulation over for, but I want you guys to go first, and I'll let you know if, if you guys talk about it. Doge, the floor is yours. I was going to say a very similar thing to Dill, that I feel like leading up to the season, coming out of the draft here, we've got some hype with the Bengals. Um, a few weeks ago probably would have been the Reds when they were playing better, but uh, just kind of sitting right around the 500 range right now. Um, the devil's advocate point that I would like to make for FC Cincinnati is that they've got the new stadium. And that's ding ding that's ding ding. Hype. That was the yeah. stipulation point. <laughs> I was gonna say that's that's the the hype that's gonna help them, hopefully propel them, get some momentum going when they get to go play on the new grounds. So hopefully that's something that can that can bring them back in and, and help you know kind of control that energy, but still have some of the hype and maybe a few W's along the way. So I would say still probably the Bengals, but the the hype around the new stadium for FC Cincinnati is pretty real, gentlemen. Buzz is not always positive. Buzzes can be negative. Okay. So let me just say, as devil's advocate, because I would like to say, 
I think a lot of the buzz going on right now in Cincinnati is between Jamar Chase and the Benet Sewell pick, along with the Bengals. Do, do we have the offensive line? I think that's dominating a lot of the conversation, like you guys have said. But, full devil's advocate, I'm going Rob Manfred, the clown that he is. He hates the Reds right now, suspends Amir Garrett for no reason at all. Seven games for flexing. Did you see that? No. You haven't seen it. That. See? This is the buzz, Dill. Check this out. That he when he flexed on the Cubs and Baez ran out and like tried to fake fight him because he knew he'd get his ass kicked because Amir Garrett's humongous. Amir Garrett got seven games. Javi Baez, just a fine. He also flicked people off, right? Baez, yeah, and he was like swearing and stuff. I'm pretty sure that Amir Garrett was just doing his typical like talking to himself, just getting hyped up routine, like making baseball fun kind of type thing. And then Javi Baez, no, of course not. So, um. Rob Manfred is out to get the Reds. I don't know why. He did this to Castellanos already. You know, who's next? Like, Jesse Winker did his bat flip, walk off the other day. I wouldn't be surprised if he gets 10 games. You know, it's probably just probably disgusting act to Rob Manfred, but it's one of the best things in baseball. FC Cincinnati, guys. We've got the best stadium in sports, and we might have the worst team to go in it. Like, our t- I don't want to talk about it like that because we haven't had all everybody back, and we need some people healthy and... But we're putting up a 3-0 and a 5-0 back-to-back. It's not not good. Yopstom's After giving up a, a 2-0, right? Right. Well, we did it was 2-2. But I'm saying the game, yeah, like it was right. 2-0. Right. So we've had 10 unanswered goals? Correct. So, and our, our top guys that we've spent money on, Acosta's has been hurt. But they haven't really been getting many touches. So Yop's kind of on the hot seat. That's kind of the buzz. Also... The stadium might be nice, but there's fans, including people on this podcast who are season ticket holders, that do not know if they can even go to the opening game next weekend. Yeah. That is dominating a lot of buzz in Cincinnati right now, too. So, yeah. like I said, there's a lot of buzz going around in Cincinnati. I do think the Bengals are probably the best, but we can't just knock it off like the Reds and the FCC don't have stuff to be talked about right now because there's a lot going on, for sure. Sure. I mean, it's it. You bring up a great point that it's not always positive, right? I had this. I had the perspective of you know bringing up the positives, and I'm just like you guys I, made the case that there isn't really much else to talk about other than the Bengals positives. Like, well, the Reds and, are the Reds are like they're kind of getting going a little bit. Sonny Gray is really good. He's been getting back. Sonny Gray being back is hype. Yeah, it's huge. He's been guys. huge. Joey Votto breaking his thumb not not cool. Yeah. See, that's some buzz. Yeah, I mean, they're just like a definition of like a 500 team, along with the Rays. The Rays are, I mean, they're two games above 500 now, but I don't know if this is playing super average. I don't know if this has changed, but the Reds have, I believe, like only one games that they've hit home runs in, or like they have the most games that they've, it's something like that, some stat like that, and it's like we had that last year too, which is of course like we have to hit dingers to win. We don't get like. Small ball runs. You don't just like manufacture runs. I think we have the least amount of wins where we don't have a home run. I think that's the stat. Okay. So, like, we have almost all of our games we have home runs in that we win. Which, I mean, it's baseball. That kind of makes sense. But you think we might have a couple 1 0, 2 0 little softballs. So, minus the Red Sox. So, if you include the Red Sox, they they are second in the league in run score total. I don't know we about hit him. we hit him hard. Too. I don't know about runs per game, right? But overall runs scored, sure. Second in the league to the Red Sox. 
There you go. With Brad's Justinger Martinez. <clears throat> Boys. I think that's all we got for Cincy. Any other buzz? Cincy buzz? Any other Just Cincy buzz? buzz? Um, I mean, Kings Island's got a new, you know, uh, lodging area where you can go camp. It's kind of got a little bit of buzz going on. Got a new coaster, too. Got a new coaster, a little bit of buzz there. Buzz. A little, little giga coaster? Sure. Yeah. I did hear... We need a new bridge. That's getting a lot of buzz. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you want to you want to have some bridge talk? <laughs> no, I don't. Um, those things are Just very get sketchy. Get me off of it. Yeah, those things are Just... very sketchy. Mm. They're not my jam. I can tell you. All right, let's move on then. Yeah, we got we got good stuff to talk about here in the fourth quarter. People yeah. have been waiting on it. NBA <laughs> play-in scenarios. So, ladies and gentlemen, if you haven't really been keeping up with the NBA this year. I'm not sure why, because the NBA has been incredible. A lot of great performances, a lot of great storylines. But I'm sure you're tuning in, getting hyped up here as we get closer to the playoffs. What you might be noticing is that there's a lot more teams really trying hard to compete this year, and that's because the playoff format has been switched. They're trying it out here in this kind of shortened season. Remember, there's 72 games, so it's not as as you know as long as it typically is. So let me read off the play-in game rules here for you. So... There's going to be three separate games that are potentially played here. So, the first game that will be played is game one, which would be the number seven seed, who's going to have the home court advantage against the number eight seed. And whoever wins that game will then end up being the number seven seed in the playoffs. So then they will take on the number two seed. The number nine seed and the num- will host the number ten seed for game two, um, which is like another like one of one-off matchup, and whoever wins that game will go on to then face the loser of the seven and eight matchup. So, the loser of the seven eight matchup and the winner of the nine and ten matchup will play each other in a, I believe it's a, I thought it was a two game series, but I guess it's only one. So. The victor grabbing number, whoever wins that game will be the number eight seed in the postseason. So uh, it's a three game. Loser enters, the loser enters a three game. Oh, the loser, excuse me, enters the lottery. The winner is the eight seed. So um, you have to win against the seven or eight seed to go on to the championship if you are the nine or the eight there. Or the, excuse me, to go on to the playoffs. So what's that look like? In the NBA, actually, because that's a lot of words, not a lot of talk here. Let well, me essentially, tell you. it's it's the seven eight seed have to lose twice in a row to not make the playoffs. Correct. The nine and ten seed have, have to, to win, win two twice. in a row. Correct. Okay. Basically, that's the gist of it. Okay. So, here's the Eastern Conference scenarios for you. Just for context, and because I got to bring them up, why not? Boston Celtics are the sixth seed right now, safe for now, but they are tied. Record-wise, but they have the tiebreaker with the Miami Heat, who are the seven seed right now. So the Heat, the first game in this Eastern Conference, if it ended today, would be the Heat versus the Hornets. Dills, Lamelo, Ball, Hornets, baby, who are 32 and 33. Let's say the Heat win that game; they lock themselves in at the seven seed. They'd be playing uh, who I believe would be the Sixers or no, the Nets. Nets. Yep. So it would then be Heat Nets. 
And then the Hornets would then play the winner of Pacers Wizards, which I would probably say right now would be Wizards. Wizards. They're playing well. Yeah. So it would be Wizards versus the Hornets. And then the Hornets, the winner of that game would go on and be the eighth seed in the tournament and play the 76ers. Over on the west side, we'll do this real quick, and then we'll, no, let's just stick in the east. So, there's a lot of movement left in this kind of availability where the Celtics could drop down, the Heat could move up, the Hornets have a chance to move up a little bit. The you know they could also drop down to where you know maybe the tenth seed. So, which little which scenario in the east do you want to see the most? Like as your seven eight game, and then your nine ten game. So who which like matchups do you want to see out of these kind of five teams the most? Dill, I'll toss it to you first. So I want to I want to mention as well. So there's what five or six games left. Yeah, like five to seven, depending on who it is. Yeah. So the Bulls are kind of sneaky, but the not, I think the fourth seed Knicks are only two games above the Celtics. So right. if somebody gets real hold, uh, real cold or real hot, <clears throat> this could, could definitely change. it could change dramatically. Where the Hawks can move into this too. For yeah. Sure. So hopefully for your boys, they stay out of that seven through ten because that right. would be. Yeah. Just miserable to watch as a fan. <laughs> yes. Um, okay, so this current scenario with what we're going with as today's standing sit, um, are we doing predictions of what we think it's going to do? Or Your favorite matchup. Your favorite matchup. Okay. Out of those four teams, the Heat, the Hornets, the Pacers... <sighs> okay. In the Wizards. I, I'm going to have to say anything to do with the Wizards, dude. Seeing Bradley Beal and um, Russ like just playing for like an all-out game. Mm-hmm. I mean, what were Russ's stats, dude? His stats line is stupid. I was the like last, 14, like, 24, or 21 and 24 the other night. Just like absurd. He also, right now, if he played every minute, or no, if he played like the rest of the season... And only scored points, like never passed it, never got a rebound, never had a, uh, and like, yeah, never passed it or never got a rebound, he would still end up with an averaging a triple-double. He so, five games, just no assists, no boards, that's how many he's got. The other it's night, crazy. he had 29 points, 17 assists, 12 rebounds, and at one point lost the Bucks. Bradley Beal just went off, and he had 42. Yeah, he's like, good. those two are fun to watch. I don't really care about the Hornets or Pacers. And the Heat, I think, are a team that is deserving of being in the playoffs. Yeah. So, like, 7-8 seed, uh, I would want the Heat to win over the Hornets, Pacers-Wizards. You're not going to mix up the matchups at all? No, I mean, I, I just think, like, anything to do with the Wizards is where I want. Like, that's what I want. So, here, so I'm with you on that, and that's why, I, let me just pivot in with you. Okay. I want the Wizards to be the 8 seed, make it all the way up to the 8. So that they have two chances to stay in the playoffs. Because I really would love to see Russell Westbrook okay. taking on Joel Embiid in the playoffs. So I would like to see them as the eight seed. So we go Heat-Wizards in that first matchup because that's going to be a great game anyway. And then the loser still has a chance to be in the playoffs. And then if the Hornets are in like LaMelo, they're real. They're the real deal. They have to go in and beat the Pacers in their own spot or vice versa. The Pacers are no joke. So, you know, like they're nobody to be slept on. So that would have to be a good win and then if the Hornets are really like worth making the playoffs like they're a big deal they're gonna have to go through Russell Westbrook then like in his own home court and Bradley Beal um, which is just a tough task and if you do that then you earned your spot so that's why what I would want is Heat, Wizards, Hornets, Pacers probably in in some order like that 
Or if or if I could have it the other way, I'd like to just have the Wizards be at home with a nine seed if that's not plausible, so that they just have like a better chance to advance there. Just being at home. So before I go too much further in, Doge, so I was, was going to get into it a little bit. What are your thoughts? I mean, the Wizards are definitely the hot team of the of the crew there. Lamelo coming back for the Hornets is something to watch as well. So. Um, I'm kind of with you guys though. I want to see the I want to see the Wizards do really well. I love Bradley Beal. I like Russell Westbrook. Um, so that's something you really got to watch for. Can they continue the momentum to push up into that eight spot? And then you know, does that bring them against the Heat? You know, do they have a chance to beat them in Miami? Maybe so. Um, but yeah, I'm pulling for the Wizards in this one. I would love to see Wizards Hornets make it out of there because I think those are two really exciting, fun teams to watch and to watch. Maybe Miami get bounced after coming out of a finals appearance last year could be interesting right so definitely would be some moves to be made there it's bucket time though dude I here, don't know here. how I didn't remember that hero ball that's my he's my favorite player to watch the playoffs um, just a bucket how far out are the Raptors and the Bulls let's talk about this real quick before okay. we because so, I might want sorry Ed I might want the Pacers to get the heck out of here I've heard their coach isn't really vibing with their star players and like in a one-game playoff, that's not what you want to hear. So, I think Chicago they're toast. and Toronto are both toast. It's three. Well, and they're th- toast. They're toast. Three and three and a half games left. So, yeah, unless somebody wants to tank. I, I mean, the Pacers would have to lose all their games. Right? Uh, four out of the next seven, and that means that the Bulls and Toronto would have to win out. And win six or seven straight. Well, that's not going to happen because Celtics are playing the Bulls tomorrow. We're about so, to chop, chop them. Dude, not having Zach Levine play for like Killed two him. weeks, Killed three him. weeks is like absolutely brutal. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's why the Celtics are where we are because we've had like Tatum out for two weeks. We had Brown out for a while because Tatum had COVID. Like, when you miss your guy like that for that long, it's crazy. And I, I mean, I'm disappointed that they can't I, I don't think they can get into the playoffs and have him play this year with how well he's done but it goes to show you that like his worth you know what I mean like uh-huh. like he actually is good and he does make the team better he can win games and he's a free agent so bringing in Vooch I mean that's just rough for them that like yeah I mean yeah they went all in for the season and they just couldn't do it couldn't. for that because of that reason typically yep. or not typically just cause um <clears throat> Okay, well, if they're dead, that stinks, but okay. Well, you, what else were you going to dive into then, Adele? No, I was just going to say that like I, I like your point of having them play in, but the reason why I want to see them play more games and like battle the where, their way in as like the Tennessee where they sit now is I don't see them having a super competitive series with any of the top teams. Who? The Wizards. Really? Yeah. Really? I mean, if they were like, the what eight, is it? you can't just see just if like they're the eight seed against this, uh, the Sixers. Philadelphia, yeah, they're beating them for sure. That's what I'm saying. Like Russell just getting in Joe Embiid's head, like which then they would have to be the nine or the ten to get the eight. Yeah, no, no, or they could just lose. Like if they're the if eight, if they were the they... eight and then they lost and then they won, they would stay the eight. I'm yeah. saying they would have to be the 8th seed to play the 76ers. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah. I don't think they have any chance of getting the 7. Well, I guess they'd have to, if they were the 8 and they would win, but I think they're probably going to stay down in this 9-10 spot. So 9-10, they're locked into the top 
Like, if they get in there being an eight seed. Right. Which is, I would thoroughly want that matchup. Yeah. So, like, in my head, that's how I have it broken down as far as, like, most likely going to happen. Right. So. What are you going to do? I like it. Let's move on to the West. Yeah. Just as exciting. This one's just as tight in the in the four, five, six, as well as the kind of eleven. Well, the eleven's even tighter than our the Eastern Conference there. Our conference, like I'm on the freaking team. Um, <clears throat> six seed. Yeah, true. Six seed. The Los Angeles Lakers, safe for now, just like the Celtics. They're but they're so thirty-seven and twenty-eight. The seventh seed is the Portland Trailblazers, thirty-seven and twenty-nine. The eighth seed is the Memphis Grizzlies, thirty-three and. 32. The ninth seed is the Golden State Warriors, 33 and 33. And the tenth seed is the San Antonio Spurs, 31 and 34. And creeping up behind, but I don't know if they'll be able to make it, is the New Orleans Pelicans at the 11th seed. So Zion lurking in the distance. Um, so, Doge, I'll give you the mic first here. What are your favorite matchups in the Western Conference for this play in scenarios? I would love to see Dame versus Steph in some capacity of the Blazers versus the Warriors. Oh, man. That would be... So what is it currently? The Blazers are elite? It would be Blazers, yeah, Blazers, Grizzlies, uh, Spurs, Warriors. What? Warriors, Spurs, right? Yeah, okay, yeah, I just was looking at, I'm saying matchups, though. Yeah, but it's only a half a game. So like the Warriors are couldn't catch the Grizzlies, the Grizzlies in a game. Like, the game. By the time we post this, it might even be different. Sure. So the Grizzlies are up one on the Pistons. They're probably going to win that game. And then the Warriors play the Thunder tonight. So they're probably <laughs> going to win that game as well. <laughs> couple, couple I would blushes. love to see those guys go at each other in a playing game. Oh, yeah. And because if but, they're, sorry, go ahead. No, I was gonna say if they're both seven eight. Obviously, like I think we're okay with either one winning and locking in that seven seed, but it still gives the eight seed an opportunity to lose that game, obviously, and then still make it. So, yeah, perfect scenarios. I think, I think I think either of those teams, the way that they're playing right now, going against the Grizzlies or the Spurs, would have a pretty good shot. Grizzlies maybe a little bit more fighting them right now than the Spurs, in my opinion, but. I, I really like those teams. I bet you that would be the seven eight. Yeah. But I would like to see them play in the seven eight spot too. That'd be fun. Dill, any matchups you you want to see here? Well, the Spurs have lost five straight, so I can definitely see the Pelicans getting in there. I would love to see Zion in the playoffs. Like he's so been really good. Me, he's been so underrated. Not underrated because he's been number one pick, but like under the radar. Yeah, what you're trying to say. Like yeah. he's just casually being thirty points a game for like I think a, a month, month and a half now. Yeah. Well, right, let me before you go any further, because since you brought up the Pelicans, I have to set the table on my favorite matchups here. Go for it. I would like to give Dame Lillard. Let's give him a break. It's Dame time. Why don't you move up to that six seed there? Go oh, ahead. Okay. I want to see the seven eight matchup. LeBron James championship Los Angeles Lakers taking on Steph Curry and the Golden State Warriors. First matchup of the play-in. Tell me who's not tuning in for that game. Everybody's like that is primetime television. And then I would like to see, sorry, San Antonio. I would like to see Memphis 
in New Orleans in the 9-10 matchup. That way we get to see Zion or Ja take a win, and whoever gets that win gets to face one of the best players of all time with like LeBron James or the best shooter of all time, Steph Curry. And if you can beat them, you get to be in the playoffs, and you've earned it. So we either you have to either it just oh man, those those are my matchups, man. Like I, I think they'd be so much fun. I'm in on those, T. I didn't even think about the Lakers dropping, but that's definitely a possibility. Well, LeBron's sitting out till next Tuesday. He's missing three games in a row again. Wow. So I mean, it's very likely. But like, if they're healthy, it doesn't matter. But I mean. Oh, boy. I think Portland and L.A. are playing today. Is that what I just saw? Or is that just a fake little it's, uh, ad right now? Lakers, Clippers tonight. Okay. TNT at 10. Either way. Yeah, it's a good game. You, that game makes it flip right then. But so LeBron's, it would be six. LeBron's not playing, you said, right, tonight? Correct. Okay. I'm not sure if AD is or not. I hope he is. Um, but those would be the matchups I'd love to see. And if, like... Somehow the Lakers make their way up. Maybe the Mavericks fall down and then just do the same thing with the Mavs. But that's definitely what I want to see for the West there. I think the play-in has definitely made it a lot more interesting. You got teams like the Wizards who probably would have given up, like the um, you know the Spurs. Oh, I guess like they might have. But um, the Warriors too, probably the Grizzlies would have been maybe kind of fighting in there. I don't know. There's some teams that are down low. When he spoke about it, he was all for the plan. So, it's kind of how the Mavericks were, too. They loved the plan at the beginning of the season. Said some of the loss. Are you with me that it's, like, a pretty good idea? I just want, if Doge has anything to say, I mean, he's... Thirds of the league. So, only a lot. One, one third of the league doesn't, you know, doesn't partake in some sort of playoff atmosphere. I think, in my eyes, like, you should have, you know, right around half the teams. Like, the top half of the league should make it. So, I feel like... It's just too many teams in my eyes. I feel like even sometimes the eight seeds in these scenarios were, you know, under five hundred teams going into the playoffs. So it's yeah, maybe they should just do the seven, eight, nine next year or something instead of like yeah. the ten. Maybe just shorten it up a little bit where the nine has a chance, but they're not. They might not make it. Or maybe they're just working with this structure now, knowing that a few years down the road there's going to be expansion teams that'll make this. You know actually closer to the top half of the league. Well, they've talked about ultimately, potentially, ultimately, potentially, um, shortening up the season a little bit and adding a middle-of-the-season tournament and then this playing tournament before the playoffs. Yeah, we've discussed that before on here for sure. I think I would be kind of in on that, just having right. like a middle-of-the-year. I think they're going to try that sooner than later is what I maybe have been peeping. But I don't That'd know for sure. It'd certainly be fun. One thing I would like to say to any one of these NBA guys who's, like, upset about being in the playing game, like LeBron James, for example. I'm just going to go right at him. Dude, do you expect to win an NBA championship this year or not? Because if you do, you should be able to win two games in a row, if not just one game at home. Like, come on. You can't win a home game, LeBron. You're the freaking king. This is not. This should be none of your concern. Just get to the playoffs healthy. That's what you should be worried about. Now, yeah, maybe you're the the Spurs or the Warriors. You might be a little like, oh, this kind of stinks. Like, I don't, you know, whatever. But even then, they're, they have a chance to be in the playoffs. But if you think you can win a championship, you should not be concerned about the play-in itself. 
Like I would like the Celtics probably think they can win a championship this year. I think it would be tough. But if they made it in the playoff game, I wouldn't think they'd be like worried about it. Like LeBron be complaining about it. Like they'd just be like, we got to get our business done. So I know he's just trying to express his opinion. He's got a lot of power and be like, I probably wouldn't do this again type thing. But I don't know. I just don't get why he's kind of whining about it. I don't know. Thoughts think, on that, Dill? I think that him having a couple injuries definitely. Is yeah, he just doesn't want to play back. more so he can be healthier for the finals so he can win again. Yeah, I mean, like, it's like a this is a driven reason. This I get is it. classic <laughs> LeBron thinking about how, you know, I don't think that he, like, rests, but he will definitely take a longer absence to, like, kind of just, like, coast into the playoffs, and mm-hmm. then you'll see him turn on. You're like, oh, okay, cool. Like, Dude yeah. just was like faking it, <laughs> like yeah. Um, I mean, he had the groin injury a couple seasons ago before the COVID season last year. So was that twenty nineteen, right? Yeah. So he had the groin injury then, couldn't finish the season. They on, on purpose. That's what I'm saying. Like it's like there's no reason for him to go back out there though. Like let's be honest. Well, yeah, so, I'm not knocking him for it. And then this year, um, he said a couple things, and then now he he's had got the ankle, the high ankle sprain. Yeah, the ankle now is the the issue currently. And then recently, him coming out and saying that like his ankle never never be the same, and like what a funny quote, man. I mean, yeah, maybe medically that's true, but I don't know. I I feel like that's not. <clears throat> 100%. I think yeah, I think he was just trying to say that at this point in his career, no matter what sort of rehab he does, all the different things he's gone through, that he'll never actually get back to a hundred percent. Well, yeah, I mean he's played Which for what twenty years, like yeah, of he's course, just yeah. aged. Exactly. Like, like you aren't as no one's as good. Like take a look at Zion right now. Yeah. Because in ten years he's not going to be jumping the same way. Blake Griffin is a perfect example of that. Yeah. Like Blake's really good. He's dunking the ball a lot more now, but. He's not jumping over any cars, I don't think, anytime soon. Yeah. Yeah, no Kias. No. Maybe a Nokia phone. Sure. He's on the, gr- on the ground. Sure. Um, but, yeah, playoffs are going to be exciting. I'm looking forward to the play-in. Let's move on to our buzzer beaters, boys. I'm going first, right off the bat. It's NBA-related. Uh, reasons why I'm not worried about the play-in game. Jason Tatum, while we've been recording this long stretch of you know, little interviews here for you. He's had a, quite a stretch of games recently. And let me tell you, the 60-burger with a 10-piece on the side, followed up by a 40-piece, beautiful. He's had another just a couple 30-point games. He's really been taking over, kind of making sure we are out of that playing game, knock on wood. So I'm very excited to see, um, you know, how he can continue that stretch and how it goes into the playoffs. we got two big games against the Heat. Coming up here, they're right neck and neck with us in that play-in spot. So that was really probably going to solidify, you know, if we're in that play-in tournament or not. So looking forward to seeing what Jason Tatum can do. And he's been doing a lot recently, so, recently, so shouts out to him. Um, yeah, 60-point game was largest comeback in NBA. Uh, or the, One of the largest comebacks in the last 25 years. Largest comeback from the Celtics. So we were down 32 to the Spurs there. So overtime win, big game from JT. Tied Larry Bird's record there, so shouts out. Dill, what do you got for us? Yeah, so just keep it in the NBA world. Um, sure. Cleveland is not going to finish. They will not be. Uh, where I thought. They've been eliminated, eliminated actually. Yeah, yeah, no, they're they're out for sure. Um, just, I mean, I'm pretty sure we started 10-9 and nine from my memory. What do you think recall. about Kevin Love just, like, 
going on somebody's pod and being like, dude, I love Portland. I'd love to play with Dame. CJ's really cool. Like, I love that city. It's, like, really awesome. That would fit his personality. Like, he's a little bit of a hipster. Yeah. Like, West Coast guy. He's definitely a West Coast guy. Um, sure. I think his dad, he would probably his dad might have played for there. His dad might have played there. He'd probably be pretty good for the Trailblazers. Yeah, he'd probably be really sick for them. Like, you already have CJ. You already have Dame. You just let Kevin just kind of get the casual... 15 to 20 points that he normally does, at least on the Cavaliers. and like They already don't play like really any defense, so like, why not just like, add yeah. another guy who can just shoot? And, just and doesn't to, play defense. So. Try to just keep the scores going. I thought you were going to talk about his little mi- mishap with like whatever happened. Like, his little hissy fit bullshit? Yeah, where he just was. like... No, I, I don't care about that. I mean, it's ridiculous, but... I haven't heard about the podcast thing of right. him saying that, so that's why I thought you were right. going that way. Right. That's certainly interesting. Um, Clearly, he's not uh, happy in Cleveland. Is my point. He's ready yeah, to get, how could he's ready you be, to get dude? the hell out. Like, he's a uh, older guy with. At his stage of his career, like, could you really be happy in Cleveland right now? Like, you're just wasting the last few years of your career where you can really yeah. be productive. Just like I'm pretty sure bad. I've seen. I'm pretty sure I've seen articles too where they said like we would promise Kevin Love when he signed this deal that we'd trade him if we weren't going to be competitive, and then for two years they've been like butt cheeks. We're, like, one and of he's like, oh, like, cool. These are like. Two of my best years of my career, and I'll just waste them in Cleveland. Like, yeah, I'm getting $30 million, but, like, I was competing for championships here, and you guys told me we were going to do that, and now we're, like, lottery, lottery. So exactly. I'm, I don't blame him for being mad, but you got to be a professional at the same time. Like, throw the damn ball in. Like, what the hell is that? Yeah, like, that's not going <laughs> to that's not gonna make people want to trade for you. Like, I mean, no. it can just be one of those deciding factors in the trade room. It's like, hey, look, like. There's no doubt. Like that's that's part of the equation, but either way, uh, if the Cavs were ten and twelve, uh, ten and nine, like I thought they were, yeah. they have gone twelve and thirty six in the last forty eight games after being above five hundred for the first twenty, essentially. Yeah, yeah, they did start off really good, and like they were playing good defense. They were beating like the Sixers and Nets, and it's just like, all right, I gotta go one more. Have you heard the Colin Sexton thing? No. About how, like, people are, like, on other teams will, like, make fun of, like, the other Cavs teammates being, like, we know, like, why are you getting ready to shoot? Colin's not going to pass you the ball. Like, oh, he doesn't yeah, pass. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Like, I did hear about that. Channing Fry has been on a podcast and saying, like, hey, like, Colin, like, you don't have to get all your points in the first quarter, bud. Like, you know, don't take so many shots type thing. Like, I don't know if that's, like, really, truly going on. I think Ch- Channing Fry's a funny guy, so that might have been more in jest type thing. As where the other thing is a bit more serious, but still, like, seems like something's going on in Cleveland, and Kevin Love's pissed off too. So, who knows? I mean, just to show you again, like, we are a complete wreck without LeBron James in the past two decades. On he does this on purpose, for sure. Like LeBron? he he doesn't like yeah because he can like help like be like hey you got to sign Jr you got to sign Tristan. And then he's like, all right, I'm out of here. Yeah. He's got to deal with all these guys. And like they're getting paid. And they're like, now they're not going to be good because I'm not here anymore. Yeah, for sure. And then it also like makes him look better when he leaves and they're not good. So it's like a little... It's all about the legacy for LeBron, you know? Which I respect. Because he's that good. That he has time to think about and worry about stuff like that. Yeah. I'm trying to see how many uh, shots a game... Colin Sexton takes. And he's that damn good. Like, I'm not gonna, I'm not trying to discredit him that way. We're like, he's so good that when he does leave a place, it's like, 
all right, well, now we have to just change everything about our whole entire franchise. Right. Kind of like how Chris Paul left the Thunder, and they're just, like, not even close to what they were last year. Dude, this is wild. So, okay, overall, Colin Sexton takes 18.5 shots per game. Okay. Makes it at about a 48% mark, which is pretty good. Um, <laughs> games after two days of rest, he averages 25 field goals per game. <laughs> He's got to get them up, man. He's itching. <laughs> now, granted, he does shoot 52%. Okay, so those... He's had I mean, two he's games. Good, dude. He's had he's two good. games with that. So I mean, he's good. So it's not like it's bad. I'm just like that's a funny thing for other teams to be making fun of Cavs teammates saying that you're not going to get the ball passed to you. I think is funny. Like regardless of if it's true or not, like that's a funny thing. Like if some if like imagine just like Jordan Clarkson, he's on the Jazz. He's just sitting out there's like, dude, Jetty, what are you doing? Get your hands down, dude. Like Sexton's never going to pass it. To yeah, like, like, he ain't passing. He's just going to shoot it. Like get, like don't you don't even need to get ready. It's a waste of your time. So, like, why don't you go run back and just get the rebound? Against like, Brooklyn, like, <laughs> in two games, he's had 24-shot average. It's interesting. I don't know. I'm very curious. Doge, you sticking NBA here for your buzzer beater, or what are you rocking? No, I was going to bring up the tweet you sent us earlier, T. Sure. Have to. Chattanooga Lookouts tweeting. I figured you'd go Formula One on us. I could have. I could have. You might have to double up for us. I can. We need it. <laughs> the Chattanooga Lookouts tweeted that Hunter Green <sighs> threw 37 pitches over 100 miles an hour. Since the StatCast era began in 2015, that's the most ever by a starter in either minor league or the MLB. So, it's pretty darn impressive. Just some gas, dude. We need really that. Really looking forward to having him come up and play for the Red Legs. Has sooner he, rather than later. Has he had an like an arm injury? He had a Tom, yeah, he had uh He had a Tommy John, Tommy didn't John, he? I thought. Or did he too his ACL. It was, it was some big long I didn't injury. Think he had Tommy John. I thought he had ACL. I think it's ACL. Cuz I remember it was like hamstring ACL. Yeah, it was something where it was a long recovery injury. Okay. I remember that. You can get over that as a pitcher. It seems like he has. My point That's a stat, He hasn't like, played in the MLB, right? He hasn't had his debut. No. <laughs> I don't know. He's been around. I feel like I've been hearing his well, name he's been for hurt. five years. We drafted him, and then he got hurt. And then I he think had... he's still only 21, maybe. Yeah. And very young still. You probably heard about him in high school. Then we drafted him. Then he got hurt. What's his first name? Hunter Green. Hunter. And now he's coming back. That's hilarious. I type in Hunter Green. Uh-huh. It's a color. And it's just, yeah, it's just a bunch of nursing things. Oh, it, his last name ends with, with an, an E. e. Yeah. yeah. That's right. Okay, so once it's spelled correctly, that does not populate, so. Oh, man, he was born a day before me. Sure. Five years later. Oh, there you go. So. Huh. Yeah, so, anyhow, looking forward to seeing Hunter Green come up. Yes, man, I can't wait to see him. Hopefully this. And season. I'll throw some Formula One in there, T, because I had the I had the boys up in Cleveland for this last Grand Prix in Portugal. So T and I, we were up. Dill was passed out for quite some time. 
<laughs> but we ordered ordered some Denny's, had it come through, and we got to watch Lewis Hamilton basically win a wire-to-wire race. But yes. He's the best to ever do it, so watching greatness is always pretty cool. But uh, he got to extend his lead a little bit uh, over Max Verstappen, who wound up getting second. So those guys continue to battle it out. It was another fun Grand Prix weekend, so looking forward to the next one. There was like one minute where he was not in the lead, and it was like, what is it, old Maxi Verstappen there? Yeah, was Max in the Verstappen. lead. Yeah. And then I just like watched i didn't i have no idea what's really going on but i just hear doge go like oh my gosh what a move and then freaking um god i can't i just lost his name already the lewis hamilton yeah lewis hamilton just scoots in front of him bam he's just back in the lead right away it was like one or two turns that first stop and had it and doge was like oh he's got him and then bam nope right back at him so (laughs) it was very funny to see and then uh I know, just cool to see the whole race and all the different, you know, get the different tires and, you know, just learning a different sport like that um, is very cool. So I definitely enjoyed it. Definitely might uh, toss him on here next uh, Sunday morning or something. So I saw some of the qualifying, right? Yeah, we were watching some of the qualifying in in those rounds on, I think it was Saturday Saturday morning when we were getting ready to roll out to the draft. So, Yeah. yeah, you got to catch a little bit. It felt like every five minutes Lewis Hamilton just put up a new best lap time. Yeah. Like he, he just, just, just like, oh, here back. comes another best lap. No big deal. Well, I mean, <laughs> there is limited fuel on there. You can't refuel. So you have a little bit of a lighter vehicle. Now, granted, the tires are starting to. So, I mean, like, all of it goes into it, but, like, I know that. So, yeah, it's a big math equation. Then you got to build this machine correctly. And when you're Mercedes, it's like, it's probably going to be one of the best ones, you know? Yeah. There's a Plus, lot of money. When you spent. go around the same track 63 times in a row, you're going to start to find your line. Yeah. You know? throughout that race where you're getting your best times so you gotta keep all those tires in the zone doge oh yeah <laughs> in the zone auto zone auto zone <laughs> boo um yeah i don't know exciting exciting stuff but i don't know i'm looking forward to some more formula one we got a lot of a lot of good sensei coming hopefully we can be at the uh Give you some live audio from the first FCC game at TQL Beat, so, the West End Stadium. Yeah, like of all stadium names. Did right. Just name it not PBS. My not my favorite. Just call it West End. PNG. Yeah, I'm calling it. Just fight uh, the power. I'm calling it West from now on. Just the West End Stadium. So just call it West. Like I'm gonna go hang out with Wes. My boy Wes. <laughs> I'm gonna go over to Wes. Like how, like how Kawhi calls like the Larry O'Brien trophy. He's like, I'm just trying to get Larry. <laughs> just trying to be with that Larry OB. It's like I'm just trying to go get getting west. Yeah. So we Love are that. supposed to, I believe, tomorrow they're sending out emails and releasing if you're allowed to go or not. Because they said by this I'm about Friday, to be either a super happy dude tomorrow or, or one salty. pissed off son of a bitch. I'll tell you that. Yeah. Yeah. I would. I would definitely be a salty dog. I feel like I'll be a salty dog. I feel like you have a better chance because you've had tickets longer. Yeah, I don't know how that they're gonna make it work. Like, is it just supposed to be purely random, or they're just gonna shell it out to all the people with Everyone the ca- like extra there. cash? You know what I mean? Or like all the supporter? Like, oh, how did all of the Bailey people that have drums and tifos make it in? That's so <laughs> weird. Like, I'm sure they'll do stuff like that because they should. They should fill it out and make it a good TV presentation. It's our first 
game. Like, I don't blame him for doing that. Like, pay off the people that have put the stadium together or, like, let them get rewarded. But, but God damn it, dude. I've got vaccinated. I want to go to the game, you know? But I'll wait my turn if I have to. So I even said I would be in a different section during the survey they said. Oh, yeah. Out. I checked off every box. I, I don't care. I said I'm okay with all three games. I said that. Uh, oh, see, we said only the first game we were okay with. Well, I just That's, my dad was like, I'm. I want to go to the first one. Yeah, I was like, okay. Well, which actually, saying, technically, is true. I believe in terms of when we have family trips and going to the lake and stuff. But. Okay. And then the other thing was like talking about like, would you be comfortable in a ten person pod with people that you don't know? And I was like, yeah, whatever. Yes. Like at this point, or like a normal game. Yeah. Yes, please. Yeah, I'd like to go to a game. I want to. I just want to be there. With the loud drums going, dude, and just see or hear how loud it is. Because I missed, I unfortunately missed my uh, Meet My Seat event. So, yeah. you know, in other circumstances, obviously. But, um, so I'm, my first time being will be the first time I get to go to the game. So if I have to wait till what, June 5th is that last game, that's going to be a, a bummer. But it is what it is, you know what I mean? You gotta wait if you gotta wait, but something's gonna come up and like we aren't gonna be able to go or something. I'm gonna. Like, I I'm want gonna be to be like I'm going to whine about it, I'm just openly telling everybody. But I understand that it's probably not a thing I should be whining about. Hashtag first world props. Look, it's got a twenty six thousand seat capacity. We're gonna go over the math right now. <laughs> it's six thousand people. I want to say I like my chances. Hey, I just want to say... know that I'm loud out there. That's how they should really do it. They're like, who the heck's going to just Send freaking get out there and be a hooligan? Who are the best fans? Who's got a podcast? Just media. Bring them on. Yeah. Media. Yeah, could be. Did you know that there have already been nine games played on that field? What? Yeah. Like them playing? No. Like kids? Yeah. They brought out that's uh, say soccer teams from that area. And they let them play on the field. That was on Saturday. And wow. the meet your seat was on Sunday. Wow. I'm very surprised actually about that. I'm shocked. Because like that's a real grass surface stuff. Yeah, get why would up. you let them mess that up is my point. Yeah. They might have rolled some turf on it. A little trial run for the grounds crew, though. To yeah, true, Dodge. Okay. See? That's, and that's a stadium ops guy. Po- like, he's pointing out that, that <laughs> for us. You know what I mean? That's why we had different perspectives here, you know? It started off with something earlier. We got, yeah, we got a lot of something now. A lot of live action, a lot of... Oh, was that Blake? Yeah, but now Dodge's got to wait 30 seconds to see that one. <laughs> what? What? <laughs> Time are you at, Doge? He's like 20 seconds behind. It's coming soon, man, but it's nasty. A little left-handed switch, Blake. Ayy! It was at 6.56, 6.52. Doge, thank you for being on the pod. It's a pleasure as always, brothers. Appreciate you having me on. Hopefully you're uh, you're feeling better tomorrow, my guy. Um, Crossing my fingers, hope the same. Dill, thank you for being on as always, my dude. Yeah, I'll uh, cross my toes for you, Doge. Heard <laughs> better luck. <laughs> Thanks, man. <laughs> I'm not crossing anything over here because I'm confident you'll be better. Thank you, everybody, for listening. We appreciate it. Hope you enjoyed the show. We had a lot of good stuff. Thank you, Jared, for being on one last time. Thank you for Gordy. Thank you for Doge for hosting for that event there. 
Thank you, everybody, for listening one last time. This is... Well, it's not our last time in the pod. I don't want to say it like that. This is The Clubhouse.